I am growing frustrated with my church. So what do I do with that? Well, we're going to get into that today on the All Things to All People podcast. Let's get to it. Hey there, welcome to a bonus episode of the All Things to All People podcast with Michael Burns. I am Michael Burns, and we're going to do something a little different today in that we're going to have a bonus episode. Up to this point, the bonus episodes that I've had featured someone else. And so for the first time, there's going to be an episode, a bonus episode with just me. And there's a a specific reason for that. There's a topic I've been wanting to get to and address. And everything I'm going to say today, I've said in different places, in different uh, forms or alluded to. But I've I've wanted to just be clear when when I give workshops or teachings, I I usually try to uh, get to the element that we're going to talk about today. And I've, I've considered putting this into, you know, other episodes. Again, it's been in other episodes in, in bits and pieces, but it's like, man, do I, I put this in another episode, but it, it the, um, I don't think this will be a, a super long episode, but it's, it's long enough that it makes it difficult to fit into another episode. And I just haven't been able to find a place for it. And so I decided to do a bonus episode and, and kind of work that in, uh, rather than doing a a separate standalone episode, because it's, it, it, it will be, although related to the topics we've been talking about, um, it's, it's still not following that theme. And so it's not in the plan for the regular episodes. So we're going to get going, um, with that. And if you listen regularly to the podcast, you know, that we record, uh, or, uh, I record ahead of time, uh, Usually not that long, but right now I'm working on some things and um, I will be a a little farther um, uh, recording out in the future right now than than I normally am. And so uh, with that, before we get in the episode today, there is, if you're American coming up, you know, there's big game, Super Bowl that sort of thing, um, in the offing. And, uh, I want to give my predictions to that. Now, the irony of that is you won't hear this until after the Super Bowl. So if I get my predictions right, then no one will believe me and they'll think, (laughs) uh, that I edited it or something, but, um, first of all, uh, I'll state that I am a Green Bay Packer fan. I grew up that way my whole life, and uh, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're not going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They don't match up well. 
Uh, same matchup for them last year when they lost to the 49ers. They don't match up with those kind of teams. I think the, the Chiefs are very good. They'll get into the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. And I think that the Chiefs will beat the Buccaneers. However, I have this terrible sneaking suspicion that the Buccaneers have this sort of defense that gets hot this time of year, wins the Super Bowl, but is not necessarily the best team. And that will ruin my life because it won't really. But um, not a Tom Brady fan <laughs> would prefer to not see him win another Super Bowl. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs, but feel like in my heart, maybe the Buccaneers might win and I will be rooting against them. So uh, in, enjoy the game. Or as you listen to this, you will have already enjoyed it. Um, the good thing is, is ultimately I don't really care that much about football. So I don't even know why I brought it up. Let's move on. I am frustrated with my church. That is a sentiment that can, on occasion, start to seep in for various reasons. Um, sometimes it's what a church talks about or doesn't talk about or what they're doing or what they're not doing or how people are being treated or, um, you know, a, a whole host of other reasons. It might be things personally that are going on with your spiritual life that you sort of project into onto others or into the church and you, you grow frustrated. Or we can be um, not connecting with God well and then, you know, that so you just start to get grindy and irritated in every place else. Uh, or there may be some issues going on. There, there's just a whole host of things that could cause that. And on this podcast, obviously, we deal with controversial issues. Um, I, I feel like that precedent is set in the New Testament. They addressed super controversial issues. They didn't hide them. They talked about them. They understood that that's the way to real unity, that it's not paper unity. It's not immature unity. Oh, let's, no, let's not talk about these things because it'll be divisive. So I believe we have to talk about these things, race, culture, politics, generational gaps and changes. Uh, those are tough things to, to bring up. And sometimes when we bring them up, and, and let me just be direct, if you're listening to the podcast or hearing one of my workshops or whatever, and you're response is to walk away and go, I'm frustrated with my church and now I'm angry and I'm going to take this to the leaders and uh, I'm going to, you know, this or that, or I'm going to leave or whatever. If that's your feeling, first of all, I say, okay, I, I, I understand. Uh, I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm not saying you're wrong. But if that's your response to what you're hearing, then you are entirely missing the point of what we're trying to do here and what we're trying to bring about. The first thing is when we when you deal in controversial issues and, and talk, there has to be a spiritual maturity present. Um, and, and you need to uh, 
we all need to strive after that. So if you hear conversations and your response is to get angry or mad, that that's a sign that you need maturity. You need to maybe take a step back, maybe uh, take some time to pursue biblical maturity so that we can have these sort of conversations with some perspective. And, and we'll talk more uh, as I go on here in this episode about what that looks like specifically. We also need grace. Uh, you know, God gives us grace. He shows us love, but we need to show that to one another. Uh, and the reality is, is, uh, you know, we're all, we all fall short of God's glory. We're, we're all flawed sinners trying to learn how to be more like Jesus. And so, uh, we have to start conversations with, um, giving the benefit of the doubt, giving grace. And that includes to, what we would call the church. I'm going to address that in a little bit as well. But healthy families talk, and they need to be able to talk well without, um, uh, you know, negative repercussions coming from the talk. Now, things might get bumpy. We might have to work through some issues. You think of like a relationship, like a marriage. Uh, a healthy marriage, you can talk about anything. And if you can't and it causes you to get angry or get in a fight, that's immaturity. That needs to be dealt with and, and worked on. But if there's areas you can talk about, cannot talk about, that's, that's not healthy. Um, and, and, and think about it for you if there's something. Every time I bring this up, you get mad. Um, that's not, you're not going to want to talk about that. <laughs> And so sometimes the issues people care about, they get worked up, they get angry, they get frustrated, and then they bring it to their leaders. Well, why? That's just human nature. Why would, uh, why would I want to talk to you if you're just going to be angry? Um, and, and so you actually wind up hurting your cause. And I get some of these things are emotional or what have you, but we have to deal with them as followers of Jesus, even our frustrations. You know, Paul brought up issues with the churches all the time, controversial issues, things that could um, that were causing division. And it, it doesn't cause division to talk about things that cause division. That's actually the way towards unity. Paul brought them up, though. And, and bringing them up doesn't cause division any more than a marriage counselor causes division by saying, let's talk about the issues here. The issues are already there, but you can't work through them if you don't talk about them. Paul brought them up, but he brought them up with a purpose to grow, to, to come together, to have no divisions so that the church could be the display of God's wisdom to the world. That is what we are aiming for. So I repeat, if, if you hear topics like this here or anywhere else, and you're, you're getting angry and then handling the issues or approaching them in that anger, or you're complaining, you're missing 
the point. This is not what we're doing here. It's not what we're aiming for. Now, there may be times when you see like, oh, okay, you know, I, I see some things that maybe need changing here. But remember, Philippians 2, Paul says, do everything, and this is verse 14, without, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Now, this is in context of Paul calling them to have the same attitude, the same mindset as that of Christ Jesus, acting for the benefit of others. And that's always such a, a challenge in the Christian life is, man, I'm, I'm fighting for others, I'm fighting for the vulnerable and oppressed, and but then I'm angry with those who I don't feel like are, uh, you know, getting it or loving the oppressed the same way I am or even the, that are the oppressor. But no, we're called to love them and show them grace and patience too. That doesn't mean we don't do anything. doesn't mean we don't strive for change. But how we go about it matters a great deal. In 1 Corinthians 10.10, 10, Paul makes clear that, man, if, if we complain, if we take on that attitude, grumbling, complaining, we open ourselves up to being annihilated by the destroyer. And that would be... <laughs> Not good, obviously. In 1 Timothy 6, 12, Paul says, take hold of the eternal life. That's the life of the age to come. That, that's what being the kingdom is all about. That's what we're striving for, is to be the kingdom, to be the manifestation of the age to come, God's future age, where we are in his presence there is no separation between us and God. There is no division between human beings. Uh, sin, selfishness, evil, violence have all been wiped away as we live under the direct rule and reign of God. When the world looks at the church, that's what they should get a picture of, a sample of. But here's the thing. We cannot bring the kingdom with non-kingdom means. Now, we've talked a lot on this podcast about 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3, 4, 5 in there, and Paul basically says we do not use the weapons of the world. So if we bring about the kingdom through non-kingdom methods, it's not the kingdom that we're displaying anymore. Now, we've talked about that in the context of perhaps not forcing uh, our views or our opinions um, uh, through power or through legislation or things like that, that the, that the kingdom has to be a choice. But I think there's another aspect to that that is important as well. And that is we can't establish the kingdom even among ourselves or, you know, oh, other Christians, they just don't get it. And I'm so frustrated. And it reminds me of a, a, a wonderful friend of mine years ago who was trying to teach a group that he was leading about the this life of the age to come and the kingdom and 
what it meant to take hold of the eternal life now and 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 live out, you know, and understand that the message of the gospel is not so much about going to heaven when we die, but it, it, there's th- that's part of it. But the bigger part is is manifesting the life of heaven in our community now, showing people this life of the age to come. And he called me up one day and he was so frustrated because he's like, my group is just not getting it. And I'd heard from a member of his group, if memory calls, uh, if memory serves, and they were feeling his frustration. And so I was talking to him and he's like, man, I'm just, I'm just so frustrated. They're just, they're slow. They're not getting it. They're, they're not grasping, uh, you know, this stuff. And, and so it was coming out in the way he was leading. And I said, well, let me, let me get this straight. You're telling them that they need to grasp the life of the age to come and you, you're then modeling frustration and anger. And there was a long pause, and then he said, oh, I get what you're saying. And he did. Today, he, you know, he's, he's a wonderful leader. He's, he's uh, I think, a great model of patience and love for those he leads, but... What he learned, what I have learned, what what we all have to learn is you don't bring about the life of the kingdom through complaining and frustration and anger. And I'm just fed up and I'm over it and I'm going to I'm going to go to my leaders and I'm going to. Well, then you're no longer displaying the kingdom. We keep striving for these things, but we do so with humility, patience, grace, these sorts of of things that's that's what we're striving for and you know here's here's the reality and i've said this all along too is i don't have all the answers that's not why i'm doing this i don't um i don't have everything right one of my favorite bible teachers uh nt Wright, has often said in books or in speaking in person um He'll say something along the lines. I've heard, you know, different versions at different times. But, you know, ten percent of what I'm going to say today is wrong. I just don't know which ten percent. And uh, that that's true here too. We're striving to figure these things out. But I am um, in, in no way an official representative of anything. Now, true, I'm a, I'm a teacher in the church. I'm a teacher in my local church, and I. I serve in that capacity, and I get asked to teach a lot around the world. And so there's a, a responsibility to that, that I work really hard to correctly handle the word of truth as best I can and to um, you know, think through uh, what I say, and you know, especially in controversial topics. But I am no official representative of you know, anything in that sense. I don't represent the Midwest family of churches or the national family of churches or the global family of churches. So when I'm on here, yes, I'm still connected to those things and bear responsibility in that. But um, I'm not a spokesman or a, a, a mouthpiece or anything like that. Uh, I'm just a disciple of Jesus trying to figure this stuff out as well and, and do the best I can. And so 
that's where we're all at. And so that should lead us in, in and of itself to a, a great deal of humility. Sometimes we get, you know, no, this is right. This is right. And the leaders have it wrong. And my church has it wrong. And we lose perspective of humility and of embodying the kingdom. Now, another element to this is that, you know, sometimes when people get frustrated, I'm frustrated with my church, um, they've really lost sight of and taken a non-biblical view of church, what the church is, as though my church, the church, isn't very loving, or the church isn't reaching out to this group of people, or the church is failing here. But there is not, biblically speaking, an organization that is the church. We are the church. The church is nothing more than you and I, the collection of God's people living life together, living the life of the age to come, living out the Sermon on the Mount and those sorts of things. We are the church. So when I hear people say, oh, the church isn't doing this, or I'm frustrated with the church, or you know what have you, uh, you're putting the church over there as an organization and, and usually separating yourself out from the church. They bear the responsibility. They're getting it wrong. Well, we're all part of this and we have to work together. God put us together to work through these challenges. This is how his glory and wisdom are displayed not because we have it all figured out. What wisdom would that show the world if the church did everything right, the collection of people, if we collectively made every decision right, if we were unified on every single thing, if we agreed on everything? That's not going to happen, and, and that wouldn't really show God's incredible wisdom and glory. What does show his wisdom is glory, wisdom and glory is when we mess up and we can hurt one another, but we still stay unified. We still work together. We show grace and love for one another. And, you know, there's important uh, passages that, that speak to that. Um, and the, the, the need uh, to, to live that way, um, you know, to approach one another, um, with that understanding. And so I think for instance of, um, Colossians chapter two, and it says, um, I'm, I'm just turning here and trying to find the verse that I'm looking for. Um, oh, Okay. It's Colossians 3. I wrote it down wrong. That's why I couldn't find it. Um, Colossians 3, verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, one of the elements here is a lot of times we can take on this attitude of, well, I shouldn't be 
treated like that in the church or the church shouldn't be failing like that or I you know the church should be perfect and the church this and the church uh, and, I, and I was sinned against by people in the church and my small group did this and they're not doing this and I'm not saying ignore any of that but Paul here and there's a couple other places but he says where he says something similar but we think, well, that shouldn't happen in the church. But actually, the opposite seems to be true, because why would I need to clothe myself with compassion? Because maybe we're going to have some disagreements and some things that I'll be tempted to not have compassion with, with kindness, with humility. I'm going to need those things. Gentleness. Why am I going to need patience? Why am I going to be told to bear with each other? Why am I going to be told to forgive each other? Because we will fall short. We will not be perfect. We'll blow it. Leaders will blow it. Leaders are not special people. They're followers of Jesus just like you and me that are doing our best. Forgive one another. Bear with one another. What this implies, and I've called these the implied promises, is that we will be hurt in the church. We will be sinned against. And so when it happens, rather than getting frustrated, we should look and go, oh, fulfilled prophecy. The Bible was true. It happens. Now, how am I going to respond? How am I going to respond when my church doesn't get it, when they're not as woke as me? I think with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. And remember in Matthew 7, verse 12, Jesus sums up the Sermon on the Mount, doing others as you would have them do unto you. That doesn't just apply to individuals. Because the church is a collection of God's people, I think that applies to the church as well. So if you're sitting there, well, the church, the church, the church. Okay, I get it. But do you treat the church or the leaders of the church as a representative of the church? Are you applying this verse? Are you treating them the way you would like to be treated? Well, they're not getting it fast enough. I think I might leave and go to a different church. Okay, you have the right to do that. But are you living out the kingdom there? Are you doing to others as you would have them do unto you? Would you like the church to come to you, the leaders, and go, you're not getting it this fast enough, so we're going to go in another direction? You'd be like, well, that would be terrible if a church did that. If a church came around and said, you, 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 and you, you're not getting this fast enough, and you're not really understanding things the way we are, so we're going to ask you to leave. We'd be horrified by that. So why is it okay for us to do that to the church or to our leaders? Now, I'm not talking here. It's a, it's a different category if there's false doctrine. And again, I'm not just excusing uh, areas that churches need to grow. And that's why we're having this conversation. But we want to do it in a kingdom way. You bring the kingdom through kingdom means, and we grow together 
working towards true unity. Now, a verse that I find interesting here, um, and I'm going to uh, apply it in a specific sort of way and principle, is in First Peter four. First Peter four. Peter is giving kind of instructions of how they can live with one another and offering hospitality and that kind of thing. And in verse 10, he says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, this says something interesting here that God kind of flows his grace through each one of us. And if we remove ourselves or we're, you know, not doing what God gifted us to do or, uh, acting on what God has allowed us to see or what have you, then that part of God's grace, we're, we're sort of shutting it off. God wants to use us to flow that grace, and we risk uh, shutting that off from the church. And one of the things, and, and I say this quite often, is when we see an area of growth, oh, my small group needs to be more loving, the church needs to be more this, or we need to, we're not this, or, you know, whatever it is, or that person, whatever the situation is. We respond in anger or frustration, or I'm fed up, or I'm going to become just a, a knife in the side of the leaders. I'm, uh, you know, because I'm right, and they need to get it. And so we, again, I'm not saying that we don't bring up issues. But if we just do it with a complaining spirit, with a haughty spirit, uh, or if we just say, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving, or whatever it is. But we see these things. We see areas of growth, and, and we respond in anger and frustration. My question is always, why? You, you're missing the point. God allowed you to see that area of needed growth or that weakness. God, you didn't see that on your own. God allowed you to see it. That's God's grace flowing through you to see that area because he works through us to bring the body to completion, to maturity, to become like Christ. So when you see an area of needed growth, God has given you a job. Congratulations. You don't turn around and go, well, why isn't the church doing this more? You're the one. He's called to see it. Well, I don't have any position of authority. Okay. Use influence. Use love. Use kindness. Use modeling. Use patience. Work towards it. Volunteer. Ask, you know, hey, can I, can I do this? That's how I started as a teacher. I was like, man, I would like to see deeper lessons in my church. And sit there and criticize the church. And blah, 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 they're so shallow. And I'm, I'm going to a different church. I didn't do that. I was tempted to do that. Maybe I did that for a little while. But I think I matured. And I just said, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to do this. And it didn't come right away. I wasn't ready for all that right away. But I, I prepared myself. And when, when I was ready, when the time was ready, I was asked to teach. So you have a job. 
And then the next step might be to say, well, I've worked at it and nothing's changed uh, for weeks, months, whatever. Now Now I'm frustrated. They're not getting it. We've been talking about this for two years. Well, congratulations. You have a long-term position. You have job security. Keep working at it. With patience, with grace. We're so impatient about things. Keep working. In 1 Corinthians 13, and I think this is important to remember this passage. Now, when I say 1 Corinthians 13, I think most of us know immediately what that passage is about. Oh, that's the great love passage. But remember at the beginning, Paul says, if if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, if I could even do that, if I knew every language, but I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And then the very first thing he says is love is patient and love is kind. I could be the most insightful, woke, understanding, knowledgeable, get it, see all the issues that we need to work on and grow and change. I could be right 99.99% of the time. But if I don't have love, I'm a detriment to the church. Let that sink in for a minute. We must respond in love and act in love. And I, I think it, it brings me to a point, four final points here. Um, uh, you know, how do we work towards these things? I think there's four uh, principles that I, I would advise in, you know, sort of summary and addition to what I've already suggested today. Um, uh, The first thing is prayer. It's got to start with prayer. We've got to bathe our ideas in prayer, our frustrations in prayer. Uh, And we want to work through those things. I'm not just saying denied, act like you're not frustrated. If you're frustrated though, you've got to work it through in prayer. And one one of the best things I ever did in my marriage, and I try to apply it elsewhere, is I had determined years ago that I was not going to bring up something to my wife until I had gotten to a place where it was for her benefit. That I that my motivation would not be because I was frustrated. So if I see something, it's like, man, we got to talk about that. We got to work on that. I got to go and pray and get to a point where when I come to her, it's because I genuinely want to see what's best for her. I genuinely want to see her grow. Now, guess what? What I found out through that process is a lot of things went away because they weren't about her benefit. They were actually about me. 
and what I needed to work on and, you know, that sort of thing. But then as I bring things up, I try to, I, I still fail at times, but I try to bring it up in a spirit of, I've really prayed through this, I've thought through this, I'm bringing this up because I love you and I'm bringing it up with the spirit of love. So it starts with prayer. The second thing is patience. Things take time. Change takes time. The spirit reveals things to other people in time. Why might he be doing that? Why might the spirit have let me see something but not that person see it? why do we have different convictions on things? Maybe the Spirit does that. Paul sort of alludes to that in Romans 14 and 15. The Spirit might give us different convictions, and yet we must be unified. No, but they're wrong. Oh, well, possibly. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe you don't see the full picture, and you only think you do. Or maybe you're right, and they don't see the full picture. Maybe you have different legitimate convictions and now you got to work how to figure out and work out how to come together so it's prayer it's patience you may not understand all the facets of what's going on i see that a lot when people get frustrated with leadership or whatever leaders are dealing with a lot they're balancing a lot and a lot of it you don't know about or you don't see and so you got to take a step back I know at times I get people that come to me, why don't you speak out stronger on this? Why don't you come harder? Yada, yada. Well, number one, I might not agree with the position that you're advocating. Or number two, maybe I do, but there's a lot more to balance. All the things I've said today, we've got to do it through kingdom means. We've got to do it with patience and grace. We have to love people. We have to go at a, at a pace and shepherd at a pace that, that people can hear it and understand. That doesn't mean everybody's going to just love everything you're saying. But sometimes rushing forward into things is not the most loving act. Well, people are being hurt. I understand that. And that grieves my heart. We've got to work towards this. But we can't work, race towards helping one people and just slashing everybody else along the way. And so leaders sometimes are trying to balance and understand all these things. And I think it's uh, it behooves us to use that word. I know that's not a word we use very often, but I couldn't think of a better word. Um, a more apt word, it behooves us to be patient. Prayer, patience. And then that's balanced with the third principle, persistence. We gently, lovingly, kindly, and humbly bring things to the leadership, not with a spirit or an air of frustration or arrogance or you better deal with this or that's just not going to make a lot of headway. And you may bring things humbly and kindly and they don't get it and they blow you off. Keep working. Keep having conversations. Family does that. Hey, can, can we just talk about this some more? I'm not trying to be uh, a problem. Now, there are situations where you may do all that and there may be another Christian or even a leader who doesn't handle it in a godly way. Well, what are you going to do then? 
still apply kingdom methods, figure it out, bring in someone else, you know, talk it through, uh, but with all those biblical principles in mind. So prayer, patience, persistence, and then the last one is, is your part. Is It starts there. To the extent that you can, you be the change. You model the change. Don't always think, oh, I see this and now everyone else must do it or everyone else must be as passionate about this as I am. That's not realistic. That's not healthy. Not, not every part of the body is an eye. <laughs> um, you know, people have different passions. And I, I see sometimes people get frustrated, uh, frustrated with that. Well, not everybody cares about racial justice the way that I do. Well, they're not going to. But you might not care about environmental uh, responsibility the way that they do. Or somebody might be, you know, more passionate about uh, caring for new Christians. And, and you, you don't even, it's just not on your radar. Of course, we want to work and grow in all these things, but not everybody is going to be as passionate. But you can work towards these things. You can implement them. You know, I... I feel like I'm called to be a teacher of God's word. Not everybody is as passionate about teaching as I am. Some people don't even see the need for teaching. Amen. That doesn't frustrate me. That's not their role. This is my role. And I'm good with that. So I do my part. So you do your part and then you keep filtering it back around. Well, I've I've done my part, and people still don't get it, and the church still doesn't get it. Okay, and there may be some extreme cases where, you know, you need to take some other methods. You know, maybe, you know, whatever. I'm not going to go into all that. There there are some exceptions, but I think mostly you go around and you say, okay, back to prayer. Keep in patience. Keep with persistence. Do my part. Still not where I want it to be. Back to prayer. And you keep recycling through those. You know, in Proverbs 3, it says, God mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and the oppressed. So let's be the humble. Let's keep working for the oppressed. Let's do our best together to bring the kingdom through kingdom means, knowing we won't agree on everything, and, and that's okay. And if someone else in the church or leaders don't agree with you on everything, that's okay. We That doesn't mean we're not a follower of Jesus. It just means we've got to figure out how to love others who think differently than us and continue to show God's wisdom to the world while striving for maturity and growth together. Yeah, we care about these issues. I care about some of these issues that, that we've been talking about, obviously. I, I want to I, I have the conversation. There's changes that, that I want to see. I'm sure some people can look at what I teach and how I teach and think I need to make some changes. And amen. Let's keep working to influence one another. Let's keep working to be who God wants us to be, but to bring the kingdom through kingdom means. So that's all That's all I wanted to say today. That was actually wound up being uh, a little longer than I had anticipated. Um, but that's okay. 
Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this bonus episode and we will get back to, um, you know, on Monday, the, the regular episodes looking forward to that coming up. So, uh, join us for that. If you have any questions, feedback, uh, you know, any of that stuff for, for me, if, if you're frustrated by something I said, please talk to me about it. Um, and you can go to the all things to all people podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I haven't heard anything negative to this point, but you know, if, if you're thinking it, let me know. Let's have a conversation. Appreciate it. Um, we'll see you next time on the all things to all people podcast. Thank you.